0: This is the Stitching Up Poverty Podcast, and I'm your host, Andy Clark. This series of five podcasts examines the impact of a remarkable project aimed at helping women and girls in rural villages in Sindh province in Pakistan. Life is tough, to say the least, for these women and girls. They face deep rooted poverty and have no or very limited access to education and few opportunities to work. The men dominate and the women face violence and have little say in their own lives. In this podcast series, we look at an empowerment project which seeks to break this cycle. The project is, at first glance, simple enough. Teach women embroidery skills so they can earn money. But it goes much further than this and seeks to create an environment where women and girls are in charge of their own destinies. The podcast is told using stories collected from men and women in 22 villages of Umukot district in Sindh province. The male stories are read
1: by... Hi, my name is Hur Hasnain, and I'll be reading the male stories in this podcast. And the female stories...
2: Hi, this is Beenish Tufail Chima. You'll be hearing me reading the stories collected during the project in this podcast series.
0: So in this edition of the podcast, we will focus on the project's impact on violence against women. Domestic violence, and in particular violence against women and girls, is extremely high in rural Pakistan, and Sindh province is one of the worst places in the entire country. Recent figures show that over 70% of women in rural Pakistan are victims of physical violence. The scale of the violence is horrendous, with women facing regular beatings. At the most extreme end of this violence against women are honour killings. Figures from 2016 show more than 1,000 women in Pakistan were killed by male family members who judged the women had dishonoured their family. Violence is routine. In a region like Sindh province, poverty and drug and alcohol abuse are contributing factors.
2: I'm Ramesh. In Chanasir village, men were involved in the consumption of locally made liquors and domestic violence against their household members. My father, who was one of frequent consumers of homemade liquor, and he frequently assaulted my mother and me after consumption of liquor. He was known for his low moral and ethical standards across the community of Chanasir. His bad reputation had a significant impact on me and other household members.
0: Entrenched attitudes are another factor and the general lack of decision-making power of women.
2: My name is Rajesh. Like many communities in our village Valhar, male dominance is consistently practiced, whereas women lacked a voice in everyday life. Violence against women was high. Furthermore, most of the male community members in the past imposed strict limits on women's movement outside the home, even their access for medical checkup was restricted. The women lacked the decision-making power to be able to go into the clinics to have medical consultations. Even the childbirth is dealt with in the community. Most of the women deliver at home, attended by untrained relatives or neighbors of pregnant women.
0: Unemployment and the arising financial tensions
1: were also mentioned by some. I am Hamdan. I live in village Talomalo Junejo. In the past, I used to beat my wife. I was jobless and unable to contribute financially. I also restricted my wife's movements.
0: The goal of the project was to empower women by teaching them basic literacy and numeracy alongside specific embroidery skills so they can earn an income. But the backdrop of male dominance and the unavoidable issue of violence against women also had to be tackled for the project to be a success. Difficult conversations were had. This is Hamdan's story again.
1: One day, a few people visited our village and proposed the idea...
0: Hamdan went on to say that the the proposal was made to open the Women's Women's Skills Skills Centre, and after some time that centre was indeed opened. His wife took part and learned skills in embroidery and basic education. Then a committee was formed and his wife put his name down for gender sessions. And after participating in the sessions, Hamdan says he learned a lot, starting to realize his responsibilities.
1: The discussions and the sessions had an enormous impact on me, he says. I started working. Now I take care of my children and I have lifted pointless restrictions on my wife.
0: Similar sessions were held in the other villages the project was targeting.
2: I'm Hirsh Hari and I belong to village Karoro Charan. A meeting was held in Karoro Charan about women's rights, in which we community people learned about women's rights. Gradually, women became engaged in the decision-making process. Their mobility and access also improved. My attitude towards women's roles and gender equality has also changed. For this reason, I worked with community gender activists and created a favorable environment for women to participate in women's embroidery center training program. I also worked at the household level and learned that some of the male community consumed toxic liquor and got involved in domestic violence. We have worked with these people and mobilized them after lengthy discussions. We made them realize that their high-risk behavior is affecting society to a large extent, and particularly their own households. At least three to four community members of Karoro Charan stopped the consumption of the homemade liquor. This improved their relationship with their households.
0: A man from the same village also recounts how the project made significant inroads into swaying harmful attitudes. It's another example of how the project was engaging in conflict transformation of diffusing some of the underlying drivers of the day-to-day conflict between men and women.
1: My name is Dalip. I live in Karoro Charan, Umarkot. Community members were educated about gender equality. Dalip
0: goes on to say that the gender activists made an all-out effort to uplift the marginalised section of the community, particularly women and children. They enrolled children who were out of school, and then they worked with the drug-addicted community members. Drug use was very rampant in the community, according to Dalip's story. One drug-addicted man was very violent in his household. Talib says this man's behavior was transformed due to some extent to the frequent discussions and meeting in the village about women's rights. He says that in the past women were suppressed by their counterparts in the community, but now he says the deep-seated attitudes towards women are changing and those negative attitudes are weakening and in particular women are now taking part in society.
1: Women's participation has improved and this improves their life prospects.
0: Project Steering Committee members were keen to drag the domestic violence issue to the fore so it could be tackled. This cleared the way for the rest of the project to give the women new skills and help lift them out of poverty.
1: I am Mathan, a member of the Project Steering Committee at the village.
0: Matan says that with the support of the development team, an embroidery centre in a village was opened and women started to learn new skills. The steering committee made an all-out effort for the well-being of young women and for the uplifting of marginalised sections of the community, particularly the women and girls, says Matan. We worked hard against domestic violence and mobilised communities for craftwork, girls' educations and better health, he says. In the community, unemployment was rampant and that fueled domestic violence. It was also a problem that was complicated to track, given the fact that it's largely considered a private issue in the community. But the steering committee member says that the work of the gender activists really started to make inroads into these complex societal issues.
1: the The committee and the gender activists worked hard against these complex societal issues.
0: Project Steering Committee members were keen to drag the domestic violence issue to the fore so it could be tackled. This cleared the way for the rest of the project to give the women new skills and helped lift them out of poverty.
1: My name is Kamal. In my village, most of the community members are illiterate and unaware about gender equality.
0: According to Kamal, a lack of literacy and unawareness about gender equality are also major problems. The project sought to really address this and uphold the rights of women and children. And a supporting factor was the fact that young women were starting to manage their livelihoods through the embroidery work. Even the most vulnerable started to have a positive control over their future, according to Kamal. They spend what they earn through embroidery on their children's schooling, he says, better health, better food and contribute to household expenditures. And this was a major change, he says, before the establishment of the Embroidery Centre, a male household member was the only breadwinner, and due to the lower income, the children's education and health issues were ignored. The project has made a big difference, he says. More household members are active in earning income, and domestic violence is declining as a result of women's active participation in the workforce. He says that in the past, girls remained unschooled as the parents had low aspirations from their daughters. But he says things have been transformed. The gender sensitization and training has played a major role.
1: These beliefs have been transformed to gender sensitization training and discussions.
0: Violence against women in rural villages in Sindh province remains a big issue. But the project has made some significant steps in getting the issue out into the open and starting to tackle it by addressing some of the deep-seated ideas about the role of women. Conflict is slowly being transformed by addressing some of the driving forces behind the violence. A holistic approach linking women's rights and self-determination to the economic well-being of men, whilst at the same time stigmatizing the use of violence, has proved very effective. I'm Andy Clark and you've been listening to the Stitching Up Poverty podcast. It's a podcast about a remarkable project run by YCARE, the international development wing of the YMCA, and Community World Service Asia, an inter-church development organisation. The podcast uses stories collected from the men and women in 22 villages in the Omicot district of Sindh province. Please subscribe to get all of the podcasts and share with family and friends too. There are four other podcasts in the series. They focus on economic empowerment, child marriage, education and the impact of the project on men. From me, Andy Clark, thanks for listening.